Hey everybody, this is Jerry Bites. My name is Davis, an educator with over 10 years of experience. And I'm Orion, the founder of Stellar GRE. We're here to bring you your weekly bite-sized episode on GRE prep and grad school admissions. Check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com. And don't forget, you can use the code BITES for 10% off any membership. All right, let's get to it. Orion, I just want to ask you a simple question today, which is, is there an overall strategy, just a generalized strategy that one could have in mind taking the GRE to to go through problems, given the timed nature of the test, for example? I believe that there is. I think the best general orientation to approaching a GRE problem is to get into it fast and out of it slow. To really make sense of what that means, let's first talk about the opposite, what not to do, which is generally how most folks naively approach the test, which is they get into problems very slow and out of them fast. What does that look like? That means that they spend most of their time thinking about the problem before they start to solve it. This generally means reading, re-re-reading, re-re-re-re-reading the problem, understanding it all the way through to the solution. Because on some level, they believe that the hard part is figuring out how to solve the problem. And so they spend most of their time thinking all the way through to the solution. And then once they've hit upon that, they rush through the actual actual execution of that solution because on some level they believe it's a foregone conclusion to actually go through the steps. The hard part is figuring out the problem, actually then implementing that solution is sort of like a chore that they're trying to get through as quickly as possible. And this, of course, is maladaptive for a number of different ways. First of all, it's incredibly time inefficient. All of that time spent thinking and rereading is an enormous waste of precious minutes. And second, by rushing through the execution of the solution, you dramatically increase the manifestation of carelessness and you tend to blow points uh, more frequently than you otherwise would. Uh, I can totally relate uh, both as a teacher tutoring kids on SAT student, uh, SAT tests and standardized tests, uh, as well as myself taking tests. Um, what you're describing is a very normal process where in a test scenario, people bring to bear a greater level of attention going in thinking, oh, this is a test. I need to be really careful. And then they're looking through it and they're reading it and they want to make sure they understand it really carefully and really accurately. And then at some point it dawns on them, oh, I've been taking a lot of time on this. I, I, I better get through this quick. I've got a whole bunch of tests left. And so I appreciate your perspective, which is you know, the opposite of that, which I want to hear you speak about more in just a minute, which is you know, get in fast, have an executive outlook from the, from the start, um, isolate, isolate the important uh, you know, uh, pieces of the question first that you can address immediately, get through those, and then avoid those careless mistakes. Tell me more about that, that fast in, slow out approach. Yeah, this is really important because whereas some questions will have very unambiguous, recognizable diagnostic signs, some problems will not. In fact, some problems, the solution to them only reveals themselves in the solving. Like it's very, very hard without doing anything to know all the steps that would be required to arrive at the solution. But sometimes simply by doing the only next thing you can do, the next step reveals itself in the solution. Sometimes diagnosis evolves as you move through the solution as well. These things are hidden 
until you take some action in the direction of the solution. Okay. So what does it, what should we do instead? What does it look like to be fast in and slow out? Well, that's why in the stellar system, we have kind of like a second by second uh, strategy for how to approach a new GRE problem. In that first second upon seeing that question, we decide whether we're going to do it right then and there or skip it for our second pass through. And that holds true for both the verbal and the quantitative section. Since that's based on immediately recognizable visual criteria, that only takes one second. In the second second, we move into the second efficiency strategy, which is diagnosis. This should take anywhere between, uh, this should take about 10 seconds. It takes about 10 seconds to look at the answer choices to figure out the structure of the problem, which will suggest a general problem-solving strategy that might be appropriate for this question, and maybe another few seconds to do a soft scan on the problem to recognize any immediately apparent diagnostic signs. Remember, every question has either English words or arithmetic symbols or geometric shapes that you can point to and say, this is this type of a problem. And with more experience with diagnosis, those diagnostic signs will jump out at you like landmarks in the desert. Like the more experience you have, the faster it is to see those diagnostic signs. So pretty much within the first 10 seconds of encountering a novel problem, you should know whether you're doing it right then and there, and you should know what kind of problem you're likely dealing with and which specific techniques or general problem-solving strategies might be appropriate to that question. That said, even if that doesn't quite happen, like in the examples I gave earlier about diagnoses not being immediately apparent, if after 10 seconds you haven't been able to figure out what type of problem you're dealing with, you get into the question anyway through efficiency strategy number three, which is continuous solving. Mm -hmm. Continuous solving means that rather than read the question multiple times to come up with a holistic understanding of the problem and its solution, we read until we can do something and we force ourselves to stop right then and there and do that thing. Without knowing how or why that thing will actually be helpful to the ultimate solution, it's sort of like you do it on faith. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, this, guys, is like a gold paradigm shift to be able to, just to, to, to reiterate a couple things you said, Orion, which is that you know, to avoid uh, this feeling of like, let me be really careful and meticulous going through the problem until I understand how I'm going to solve it. This continuous solving is incredibly valuable. I've seen it work for myself and others. Uh, and what it does is it kind of changes the, it's a paradigm shift. It changes what would be the natural intuitive human approach, which is let me go in carefully. Let me try to wrap my head around the whole problem, get the whole landscape. And then once I've got that moment of, oh, I, I know how to do this, then I rush through the work where really those careless mistakes are what differentiate uh, top scores from average scores on the GRE. So to really take your game into the top score level, this strategy of jump in, do what you can do immediately after you've done these diagnose, uh, diagnosis process, which by the way, all of those are specifically uh, explained for each of the different types of problems in uh, uh, Orion's Stellar GRE uh, self-study program um, and private tutoring courses. Um, so the slow out, what's the slow out part? Part of the slow out 
is in continuous solving. You're absolutely right. We want to disabuse ourselves of the tendencies to solve questions holistically because it's very easy for one thing to shift in your working memory when you're trying to keep seven, eight, nine, ten things in your working memory simultaneously. Ideally, you're focusing on the smallest next one quantum of the problem and giving that your full and undivided attention. So continuous solving is an efficiency strategy because it prevents you from reading the question multiple times. And it's kind of a carelessness strategy too, because it limits your focus to the smallest next actionable step of the problem. The idea here is to give your full and undivided attention to the one and only one step of the problem that you're currently focusing on and to do that at a slow and measured rate. You, you can even, on some level, solve that step 50% slower than you otherwise would because we're never going to have to reread a problem. And if we solve things in a calm and measured way, we will never make a, well, it's less likely that we will make a misstep, which will cause us to waste more time. Sometimes taking shortcuts actually tend to be the long way around. So if you implement a lot of these strategies, you can actually go more slowly and more carefully through your solution because you're not bleeding time in unnecessary ways elsewhere. That sounds uh, incredible to be able to go through problems slowly with a better sense of peace of mind and relax, focusing in on avoiding those careless errors. Um, That's all we have time for today. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back next week for another bite-sized episode on GRE Bytes. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss on a future episode, please let us know. You can shoot us an email, stellargre at gmail.com. And if you're ready to take your prep to the next level, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, check out our top-rated GRE self-study program at stellargre.com to learn all about these diagnostic tools uh, and strategies. You can use the code BITES for 10% off all memberships. Thanks, guys. Talk to you again soon.